You are listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this week's episode, I speak with Beck. Beck was a gestational surrogate and gave birth to a baby girl in 2016. Beck lives in Victoria with her husband and their four children and her intended parents live in the ACT and their little girl is due to turn two later this year. Beck has some great insights into what makes a good story. I so enjoyed talking with her. She's great fun. She tells her stories with real honesty and humour and I think everyone's going to really enjoy listening to her story. I'm going to let Beck introduce herself in a moment, but in the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram or on sarahjefford.com. Stay listening now to hear from Beck about her surrogacy journey. Hi. Um, so I have four kids of my own, um, three of whom were alive when I decided to do surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Um how I came about it, I suppose you want to know. Um, <clears throat> I would not, firstly, I would not recommend this for everyone, but um, not thinking things through and just flying on the seat of my pants mm. works for me in my life. So essentially we had, um, I was probably about eight months pregnant with my third mm-hmm. and I said to my husband, I could go again. And at the time he said he wasn't ready to, which is fine. Um, so I... Just I was still pregnant and I turned to him and just said, well, then I'll have someone else's. So gave birth to my third and I met um, this couple that um, I ended up caring for in, when my, my third was, uh, sorry, it was about eight weeks old. And how did you find the couple that you ended up caring for? So I, fe- I found them through another surrogate. Another surrogate put me on to them from um, a Facebook forum. Mm-hmm. And then um, on Facebook again, there's a community forum that has intended parents and surrogates together. And I just essentially searched them and made contact with them from there. And are they local to you or are they interstate? No, so it's, um, it's a hetero couple, Jen and Steve, and they live in um, the ACT. And I'm in Melbourne, so... Okay. And so uh, how did you get to know them? Was it online or uh, did you meet in person? So we were chatting online. Uh, actually, I think first contact was from me and I think um, from memory the surrogate that kind of joined us um, gave me their number. So it was probably a text message originally. <clears throat> I can't remember that far on back. But um, then it was, you know, a few text messages. It was becoming friends on Facebook uh, just chatting, you know, in Messenger through that. And then um, I think we were chatting maybe for a, a further two months and then we met. They came, to, they flew down to Melbourne mm-hmm. and we caught up. And um, so my, my third at the time, which was still a newborn, and I went in to meet them one day in the city, <clears throat> kind of to suss them out. Mm-hmm. Um, because as everyone says, it's it's a bit like dating, I suppose. And, you know, kind of... You don't want to be the woman bringing in a new man into your life and <laughs> inviting your children to meet them and all this, you know, potentially you don't know if it's going to work out, mm. basically. So um, I went in with my newborn to suss them out and um, then the next day they caught the train out um, to where I live um, to meet my family and my husband. And, yeah. Was there anything that drew you to Jen and Steve as the the potential parents that you were going to carry for? I think for me, um, personally, at the time, um, I think I was 
again, I, I don't tend to think things through and it, it doesn't lead me to regrets later in life. Um, fortunately, I don't regret anything. But um, I think at the time I just got so excited at the thought of me helping someone mm. create a family and essentially go from, you know, lovers one day to parents the next. I, I really find that really attractive, that idea, and to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, not, real, not really anything in particular attracted me to Jen and Steve, just this surrogate went, I posted, I, I believe, on um, the surrogates forum on Facebook, basically introducing myself and saying, you know what, I'm going to give this a crack. We'll have a see how it works out. And um, the surrogate message, private messaged me, I think, almost the same day. It, w- it was very quick, the turnaround to, connect, uh, to linking up with Jen and Steve and um, just said, this is their number. I was originally going to carry for them, but um, through the, you know, the medical checks that, that we have to have to be able to carry, you know, to get that, that kind of clearance, um, the surrogate realised that, she was unable to for her own health issues that she was unaware of up until that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it was just, for me, it was kind of like, okay, well, I have these people's numbers and I was shitting bricks at the time. Do I contact? Do I not? I'm so nervous. <laughs> like a giddy little teenager. It is a bit like <laughs> dating in that regard. I know. Yeah. Are they going to like me? You know, and, <laughs> and um, so, I, yeah, I believe I text them. It was over two years ago, so uh, almost three years ago, so I can't quite remember word for word or anything, but I'm pretty sure it was a text message, and they then obviously had my number, so we arranged for them to call, and we had quite a good, um, you know, conversation, and and just seemed to get along. It was quite easygoing. So tell me about your husband's um, involvement. He obviously had to be involved in the in the counselling and the legal process. Yeah. Did he? Was he as invested in the process as you were? Was he as excited about it or was it really your project? No, it was really my project, <laughs> if we're going to be honest. Um, he, you know, and I get lots of questions of, you know, how did he feel and, you know, what does he think? And um, in our, just in our normal marriage relationship, um, I wear the pants. So he knows better than to argue with me. So... When I, you know, from the, from the very beginning, when I said that I was just going to have someone else's kid, and he he knows better than to argue, so he 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 completely supported me. It wasn't that he he thought that I was a crazy wacko for doing it, or that he did it overly begrudgingly. I mean, you know, he <clears throat> he was not a fan of having to do a personality test of three hundred questions and mm. find out that he has road rage <laughs> as the outcome, and you know, he wasn't a fan of. Um, you know, having to be Skyped in on legal advice. Mm. But he was, you know, 150% supportive of me. You know, he never once whinged about potentially, you know, me being unwell and not being able to look after the kids or having to go to Canberra to get tra- um, to be transferred to be pregnant, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never an issue to, oh, God, what are we going to do with the kids? I'm going to have to day- take a day off work and you mm. shouldn't be doing this. There was never resentment for I me doing that. We also hear that a lot about the partners is that they really are the unsung heroes because they don't get all the the accolades for being a surrogate but without their support a lot of surrogates wouldn't be able to do it anyway yeah I mean you know I I just don't know how 
people, uh, women, I should say, do it that are single, you know, mm. like single mums, especially, you know, you already have the baggage of your kids. and So then you became pregnant and... Very fortunately, first go. When did you give birth to Holly? In March of 20, 2016. Okay. And how was that? How was the birth? Was... Um, for, um, for Jen and Steve, I believe the birth was, you know, perfect and, you know, and she was... It resulted in a very healthy, happy, you know, screaming baby, which is what everyone wants. Um, but for me personally and, and my husband, it was the most horrendous experience of my life ever giving birth. Wow. Um, so essentially I went for a checkup and I was um, just under 38 weeks mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it was a Friday and again, Jen and Steve live interstate and... They said to me, as I was walking out the door, so I'd had the checkup, everything was okay, I'm still finger pricking, you know, but um, baby's heart rate is fine, mine is fine, everything's fine, and I'm actually walking out the room, and they said, oh, and you'll be birthing on Monday. Oh, wow. That must have come as a shock. Yeah, I was so surprised. And they said, oh, and you'll be um, birthing down at Sunshine. Mm-hmm. So I had to get on the phone, and I knew Jen and Steve just for this particular weekend, both they and I had a wedding to attend, separate weddings to attend on the Saturday. So I knew that they were busy, but I had to ring them and say, um, you're going to have to come down instead of coming down next week and just waiting around for two weeks. Mm. Because with my pregnancies, I'd always gone over 40 weeks. So that was clearly the anticipation that I was probably going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to have to come down tomorrow after your wedding because you're having a baby on Monday. (laughs) So it was really quite, you know, full on, uh, which is fine. They came down. Everything was fine. Um, Jen's mother came down Mm -hmm. and she is so amazing, so beautiful. And I don't have the best relationship with my mum. So she really took me under her wing Mm -hmm. during the process, which was lovely for me. It was so, you know, my husband was an awesome support, but that was a really comforting almost mother figure support Mm. for me, which I really needed, I felt, at the time. What I found, too, after I gave birth to surrogacy baby was how much delight I had in, not just in making the intended parents into parents, but also making grandparents and making the whole family. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And she, um, Jan, that was, uh, sorry, Holly is Jan's first grandchild. Mm -hmm. So it was just amazing. During labour, she just knitted the whole time. As soon as Holly was born, I requested that she left the room while I was pushing and Holly was physically coming out Mm because I just kind of feel that's an intimate moment, Mm -hmm. regardless that I've got no concept of what the hell's going on down there and I've got no dignity whatsoever. But um, I just felt for Jen and Steve, you know, it was an intimate moment for them as parents to meet their child first. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, within seconds, Jan was back in and she came to me first and gave me a hug and thanked me essentially for making her a grandmother, which is just something I really... I'm getting emotional thinking of it. But, um, you know, something I really cherish forever because that just... It means the world. You know, that's that's why we do it for something like that. I think for me personally, the... The traumatic part of it was not giving birth. That was easy. You know, I, I very, very fortunately didn't tear. Mm-hmm. I've never, you know, and I and I haven't with my children. You know, I fortunately have never had that. So um, it wasn't that. It was more that I and my husband really felt like we wanted it. 
we want to adjust that moment of labour, mm. that day or, you know, one hour, however long labour goes for. We wanted that time for Jen and Steve mm. to be all roses, to put them in this false sense of, you know, la-la land where they'd think, oh, yes, tomorrow we're going to have another child because it's just so amazing and so easy because mm. that's what everyone does when they have their child. So after Holly was born, <laughs> yeah. um, she went home with mum and dad. Yep. Uh, how long after the birth did they leave back to their home? Um, well, one of my non-negotiables um, for matching with someone interstate um, was that they stay local to me for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt this was really important to to have my bonding with baby, um, clearly not as a mum. Mm. Um, but, you know, you've you've grown this baby for nine months. It would be nice to see her and get to know her a bit and kind of say you good boys. You know, in your own way, there's mm. just a special kind of connection mm. there. Also, um, my children are quite young. So at the time of giving birth, my children were, uh, if my math's... Is right. Um, we're five, three, and one, <laughs> so we're quite little. Um, so I felt also it was quite important for them to have their own goodbye and their own somewhat of a connection mm. um, to her because they've seen me get fat over nine months. Mm. They've met Jen and Steve a thousand times. Mm. They've heard us talk about it, so I thought it would be nice to just help them join the dots. Um, so Jen and Steve then went home with Holly. Yes. Uh, what's your relationship with them now? Holly is about, she's coming up for two. Yeah. 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 She's two in about two weeks, which is exciting. Uh, do you see them very often given that they're so far away? No. So the last time I saw them was at her first birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably within the, the first year of her birth, um, I probably saw them one additional time. Mm-hmm. in person so uh twice sorry sorry i stand corrected twice because once um my husband and i had to go up to canberra in august so she was about five months old for the parentage order okay. to be passed through court so we mm-hmm. saw her then and then i saw her um in october they came down for a weekend and then her first birthday but since um last march i have not seen her no Okay. No. So is that as much as you wanted in terms of contact or did you want more contact with them? Um, <clears throat> I I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted I, – I clearly don't want to be in their family, um, otherwise I would have had my own child. Mm. Um, however, um, I wanted – more I, I I really struggle to pinpoint exactly what it is that I wanted um I don't you know I'm now two years on so mm. things have changed for me um after birth after they left after the week and that was lovely the week was lovely I probably you know and they were only the next suburb over and I probably saw them six out of seven days there was one day where I didn't see them I think you know Holly was had been up late or something so she was sleeping most of the day which is fine and also they want their own space and I understand that mm. you know we've all had newborns we know what it's like um but but, but you know but at the same time that was one of my non-negotiables so mm. um which is fine you know not everyone has to agree to that but that's that's one that I mm. wanted um so since then since she left you know um it was it was months seemed like months for me, like six months. Was that hard, not seeing her? It, it wasn't not seeing her. It was, I don't know what to do now. Mm. Um, up until that point, for me, I had invested two years of my life and two years of my children's lives 
um, to Jen and Steve and to creating Holly, you know, for them. And we're so fortunate that it happened first transfer because, mm. you know, otherwise potentially we would we'd still be on the, on the road to, you know, making mm. her and all that. Um, but it was more, what do I do now? You know, mm. now I'm not pregnant. And the, the, the day after she was born, I was standing on my daughter's school oval for eight hours while she did school sports. And you do hear that from other surrogates too, that after the after the baby's born and gone home, that the intended parents then focus on their new family and the yep. surrogates have to sort of readjust to, well, what do we do now? Yeah. And what did you do besides going back to being mum, Beck? Yeah. Did you find another hobby? Did you have another goal in mind that helped you through? No. <laughs> no, unfortunately. You know, and, and, you know, you and I hear the same things and, you know, people do, they, they either go on holidays, you know, just to distract themselves or they have some kind of a project They might be renoing their kitchen or, you know, and I think that's great. And in retrospect, I wish I had have been proactive enough to create something like that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, no, I just, um, I just went back to, to Beck, to being Beck the next day. Yeah. And so for me, it was, um, it was quite hard probably for about six months to to get back to everything, just to get back to, okay, now I'm back, I'm not pregnant. Okay, I'm not going to be talking to Jen and Steve, you know, every second night mm-hmm. or I'm not going to be Skyping every single week with them because obviously they're busy with Holly and mm-hmm. that's totally acceptable and understandable. But at the same time... Um, you know, I'd been the centre of attention mm. for at least nine months and um, not that I like that, but now it was kind of like, crap, I'm really forgotten mm. and I feel like I've just been pushed to the side. Mm. Um, you know, f- very fortunately for me, I have I have my own children, so they keep me busy enough. So after Holly was born, you actually went up, uh, went off and had another baby for yourself, a keeper baby. As yes, yes. So, yep. how old is your fourth child? So he is now eight months old. Mm-hmm. And what made you think? Well, I guess most surrogates get to the point where they become surrogates because they feel like they've finished their families. Yep. Did you feel like you'd finished before you had Holly, or did you think maybe I'll I'll have another one eventually? No, no. I I always knew we would have another. Um, and, and right from the get go, when I met Jen and Steve, they knew we were going to have another, mm-hmm. um, essentially that's, that's why I had Holly, the kind she was my hobby. <laughs> she yeah. filled, she filled the gap until my husband came around to the, to the idea of, yeah, okay, now I'm ready for four. So fifth. we'll have four. And is there room for a fifth or are you done now? I would never say never. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to ask him that. <laughs> So going forward, do you think would you would you do surrogacy again if you had your time over? Absolutely. If you had your time over, would you choose uh, intended parents that were closer to you, that were local? Uh, again, I'm again I'm really torn on that. Um, the I you know the concept of having local intended parents is that they step up more, mm. essentially. Because they're local, but that's not a guarantee. That's not a given. No, that's, that's just a concept. So just because um, you know Jen and Steve live, you know, eight-hour drive away, doesn't mean that they're any less involved than 
an intended parent that potentially lives an hour away. Mm. It's I think it all comes down to how much, not dedication, but how much time and how much effort you're going to put into it and what you prioritise, I think, out of everything. You know, do do the, you know, and it goes both ways. I really, I, I don't want to, I don't want my ramble to come across like I'm intended parent bashing no. because I'm not. But I, you know, we we as surrogates understand that um, they they need our help. Right, that's just a, that's why we're here. So, um, and unfortunately, if you need someone's help with anything, incurs cost. Mm. That's again just what happens. So, surrogates are not here to drain them of all their money just because, no. just for shits and giggles. You know, we we need the vitamins. You know, mm. for, you know, we need elephant. We need vitamin D. You know, we potentially need, you know, um, a back rub in the last trimester because, you know, baby is posterior and it's, you know, we can hardly get out of bed or, you know, we need acupuncture because baby's gone nearly 42 weeks and that baby needs to exit, mm-hmm. you know, it, whatever it is. And unfortunately that incurs costs. And if you're going to match with um, a surrogate or intended parents interstate, as I did from the get go, everyone's aware that that incurs cost because mm. travel incurs cost. Right. So I don't feel like you, I don't feel like it's fair on whichever party it sways to, especially once you're already duffed, like once you get up the duff, I don't then feel like it's fair that whatever party goes, oh, you know what, we, we can't stay for a week after birth, for example, or mm. we can't come down any additional times except for scans because traveling to see you costs too much money and we're mm. trying to save all our money like that's not fair no okay so what tips would you give to round off i guess to finish up what would, what tips would you give to a woman who is thinking about being a surrogate so i probably now in retrospect have um jumped in head first potentially not gone the ideal way that I wanted it to go, but didn't go, shit didn't hit the fan, didn't go terrible. Mm. That's okay. It just didn't go my ideal way, mm-hmm. and that's fine. So I feel like now I've jumped on the um, the wise women's bandwagon, and it's a cliche, but I feel like you really need to connect with, you know, your intended parents. We're here as surrogates for the same reason. You know, the intended parents want a child. We want them to have a child. So we're all working for the same goal and we just, we need to keep talking. We need to, I feel, have a good connection, you know, a strong connection. You know, don't don't be like me and don't get carried away with the excitement and and go with your first intended parents that you talk to. You know, Jen and Steve were the first ones I ever spoke to. And again, I don't regret it at all. Not at all. But... You know, but I, I didn't see what other fish were out in the sea, so to speak, you know, to, to see, you know what, Jen and Steve are actually perfect for me. I'll go back to them. Mm. You know, it wasn't, and it's, and surrogates, I don't feel like, I don't really get the sense that anyone thinks it anyway, but I don't feel like surrogates have the right to play God mm. and and say, well, you know what, you know, you already have three children you're not as worthy as someone that doesn't have a child mm. because for us women that can very fortunately get pregnant without assistance 
can have however many we want. Mm. So I don't feel it's fair then to pick and choose like a competition. Thank you for chatting with me. You're welcome for the word vomit. So that was Beck, and it was really great hearing from her, particularly about her post-birth feelings and experiences. We often get lots of questions about how surrogates feel after the baby has been born, and I think it's really valuable to hear from somebody like Beck, who can be so reflective and honest about how she felt adjusting to life after surrogacy. I hope you can join me next week on the Australian Surrogacy Podcast.